a creche, and the Sunday school as well meets next door um, too. You can go into the Sunday school. Um, so great to see um, Ferris and David Apogee in the church. I know you've been very unwell for the past month or so, more than that, but it's wonderful to have you in God's house this morning. Good to see you there. It's great to see David and Ferris. Open your Bibles, please, to, um, if you can, to um, a Bible reading that John gave us and, um, in Acts. And we be, I've entitled this message, um, Devotion to Christ. Um, and as we um, prepare to hear God's word, let's just pray and ask his, ask his help. Father, pray that you will give us what we need to understand your word today. Pray, Lord God Almighty, that your word will be um, clear to us and will be um, something that we can go away rejoicing at knowing that you've been speaking to us today. So gracious God, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, at the beginning of this year, my focus really was the fact that God is moving by his spirit in a powerful way in this church. That God can pour out a spirit that will refresh us and cause his church to grow. That was my um, opening sermon this year. Now, there's a, a place in Brentwood where you can go and have a, um, a, a mud run. Um, I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but you can, you can go and you can run a, a circuit in the mud. And when you run this circuit in the mud, when you finish, it sounds madness to me, but when you finish, you're covered from head to foot in mud. You know, all the white people who are running around look like the black and white minstrel show, you know, when they finish, completely and totally covered in dirt and in mud. I think the only good thing about that race is going into the shower and having a real hot shower and getting it all that mud and dirt washed off of you. That's the only good thing about a mud run, in my opinion. But you know, we are so surrounded by so much filth and dirt in our world, aren't we? The dirt and the filth, you watch TV, you go on the YouTube channels, you just look around you. So much filth and mud and dirt seem to stick to our soul and to our spirit. And we need the spirit of God to wash us and to give us a heavenly shower because the filth in our world is immense. You know what I'm talking about. See every day. It's awful. And we desperately need... This church, and you and I individually, desperately need a shower from God. We need a spirit of God to wash us and to come down by his Holy Spirit. And so, as we've been looking at the church in Acts, that's what we're going through. There's three things that I want to say um, about this church. The first thing I want to say about this church is devotion. This is the verse that John read for us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, not many days to go now, but some of you uh, may not realize that, that Valentine's Day is on the horizon. And I can see some of the men's faces. Oh, no, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, so if you are worried, it's coming up on the 14th of February. An opportunity that you can show devotion 
to your spouse or a devotion to the person who's important to you in your life. So the women might show devotion to their husband and the husband shows devotion. And you have an opportunity. Now, some husbands and wives don't need a special day to show devotion. You don't need a birthday or anniversary or Valentine's Day. They show devotion to one another every single day. Listening, sitting, talking, and they like communication with one another. Well, when you become a Christian, the Bible wants you to show devotion to Jesus Christ. And we read that in four ways, very quickly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is, that these um, um, church, this church in the New Testament, they just want to listen to what the apostles had to say. You see, the apostles did not have what we got. We've got the New Testament. These apostles did not have the New Testament. And so the church in the first century devoted themselves to what they had to say. And listen to one of the apostles, John, who was one of the apostles of Jesus. He said this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. John is saying, you know, that was Jesus that was from the beginning of time. Actually, we've seen him. We've touched him. We've laid hold of him. we heard him speaking. Now the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They want to speak to the apostles. They tell us more about Jesus. What did Jesus say? How did he heal that man? What did he do when he calmed the sea? Tell us more about Jesus. They devoted themselves. They were so hungry to hear about Christ. You and I need to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching because it's about Jesus Christ. Devote ourselves to the reading of the word of God. But not only that, we read that they devoted themselves um, to the fellowship The reason why they devote themselves to the fellowship because they devote themselves to the fellowship because the fellowship are made up of people who Jesus Christ is changing. That's why they devote themselves to the fellowship, to the church, because Jesus Christ is seen in you. I must admit, I mean, I can go down to um, my neighbours, down to the gym, and I can speak to the guys around there, you know, and sooner or later the conversation goes to a place that I don't want it to go to. And so I don't really want to devote myself to them. But I love coming here. I love coming to the church. Because I know that in you, I see Jesus Christ being formed. You're being changed. And, and I can spend time with men and women in this church. Why? Because you remind me of Jesus. He's changing you. They're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, and to the fellowship. They also devoted themselves, let's go back to remind us what they devoted themselves to. They also devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. I like what Jim said, we had the breaking of bread just a few moments ago. Why did they devote themselves to the breaking of bread? Because he reminded them that Jesus died for me. That's why they devoted themselves to that. Jesus didn't just die for the man down the road or for the 
country over there or for Jerusalem or for people in the Middle East. He died for me here in Loughton. He died for me. That's why I'm going to devote myself to the breaking of bread. So when I come to take that wine and take that bread, I'm going to remember the fact that he did it all. Paid the price for me. And finally, we read they devoted themselves not only to that, but also to prayer. They devoted themselves not only to the breaking of bread, but also to prayer. You know, um, we need to devote ourselves to prayer because it's speaking, not about Jesus. It's wonderful to hear about Jesus. But when you pray, you're speaking to Jesus. There's a guy who... um, wrote this book. His name was John Hyde. Very interesting guy. John Hyde was a missionary to Pakistan. And he struggled because John Hyde was partially deaf. And so he couldn't learn the language very well because deafness caused him to not understand or hear the words very clearly. Another thing about John Hyde was that his heart, when he was born, wasn't on the right side. His heart was on the other side of his body. So he had physical difficulties as well, because his heart was on the other side of his body. But he was known, they nicknamed him, Praying Hyde. The reason why, because John Hyde went to Pakistan. And in Wikipedia, if you look it up, Not just hundreds, but thousands, even millions of people became Christians because of John Hyde. A man who was partially deaf, who couldn't learn the language. The reason why millions came to faith in Jesus was because he was nicknamed Praying Hyde. He was on his knees, crying out to God. As you see, prayers is so important. These new church, they devoted themselves to Christ because they saw Christ in the breaking of bread. They saw Christ in the apostles' teaching. They saw Christ in the praying. They saw Christ in the fellowship. They were devoted to Christ. You know, I, have, um, I remember when we had a, the Italian came over to the church, a guy called Alec Catchpole. And he came over to speak to us. And he comes from a place in Naples, in Italy, where there's um, a lot of violence uh, with gangs. And a number of people came up to him and said to him, tell us all about the gangsters. I want to know more about gangsters. He turned around and said to me, you know, it's not about the gangsters. It's about Christ. It's about Jesus. And how true that is. So all these things are important. And so they had that devotion to Christ. But the second thing, they had power. And the reason why they had power is because they were a praying church. A church that is a praying church has power with God. And so they had power. And it's very interesting because we read in the first verse of our new chapter, chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, they was going to pray. And as they was going to pray, they knew that prayer was important. Private prayer, prayer with friends, prayer with a group of people, praying with your wife, praying with your husband. Let us know that prayer is so vital for a Christian because prayer has power. 
And so they were going to the place of prayer. And in those days, like our days, there were many beggars. You know, if you were disabled, if you were blind, if you, uh, you couldn't work for some reason, you would end up on the street begging. I told this story before, but um, if you are a wise beggar, you will beg in the right places. They get compassion. You know, I remember um, I um, really fancied a, a Zinger burger. I don't know if you know anything about Zinger burgers, but I'm telling you now, KFC does this Zinger burger. Spicy, the mayonnaise, a bit of fresh lettuce. I really fancied one of those. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go down to the nearest KFC and get myself a Zinger burger. And I went in and I said to the guy, listen, don't give me none of what you got in there. Put a nice fresh one in the fryer. The guy put a fresh one in the fryer, pulled it out, fresh bread, put all the lettuce on it, mayonnaise, wrapped it up, I paid my money, and I'm going out of the, going out of KFC. And I had to go out of KFC. I didn't see this guy when I came in. But when I got out of KFC, there was this beggar sitting there with a board on his lap saying, cold and hungry. And I looked at him, and I went into my car, and I got my finger burger out, and then I just stopped. And I said... Lord, please, not my Zinger burger. <laughs> and I had to get out of the car and walk over to this guy with great reluctance. I'm sure I was pulling it back when he was taking it off my hand. But I, I had to give him my, my Zinger burger. Beggar. Well, you know what? Peter and John met a beggar. And this beggar was standing or sitting outside, sitting outside the temple court. We read these words. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. We had been put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now this man did not just hurt his leg. This man did not just trip up and sprain his ankle. This man was crippled from birth. He never walked. He never ever even um, was able to support himself in any shape, way or form. He was totally crippled from birth. And when Peter and John saw him, they spoke to him. And we read these words. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by their right hand, he helped him up and instantly, miraculously, straightway, by some kind of power from heaven, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Wow. What an incredible power from heaven. What an amazing power from God. This man who's been crippled from birth, suddenly, with great power on this man's body, his ankles and his legs become strong, and he was able to rise up. What a miracle. Now, you may think that it's amazing, and it is amazing, but listen to this. Something more amazing. Men and women are sinful from birth. Men and women are sinful from 
birth. You know, when, you know, a baby is born and its mother says, look at my lovely baby. You can turn around and say, your baby is lovely. And I won't recommend this or you might get a dummy in your mouth. But your baby is lovely. But I'm going to tell you, your baby has got a sinful heart. You don't have to teach the baby how to rebel, how to be disobedient, how to say no, how to be angry, how to be selfish. You don't have to teach the baby that. But if you look at the baby, give it a little bit of time, you will begin to see that lovely, beautiful baby is born in sin. Crippled from birth. And everybody who's born, is born with a corrupt, sinful nature. In December, in America, I heard the news that a 10-year-old boy, because his mother wouldn't buy him a virtual headset, the 10-year-old boy got a gun and shot his mother in the face, killing her. And then he took her credit card and ordered himself a virtual reality headset. Ten years old. And you know, that boy was not any more evil or wicked than you and I. He's not from outer space. He's not an alien. He's a human being with the same sort of heart that you have and I have. Why? We have been born. We've been crippled by sin from birth. But this crippled man that we read in our story, Peter and John stopped him and said to him, you know what, I'm going to give you money, I'm not going to give you silver and gold, but what I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you Jesus. That's who I'm going to give you. Because when I give you Jesus, you're able to walk straight. When I give you Jesus, your life will be changed. Silver and gold won't change your money, you'll still be a crippled man. But when I give you Jesus, you will be changed. And the same today, my dear friends. What we need in our society is not more money. They're all striking for more money. Nurses and teachers and and all other manner of people all want to strike and they want more money. More money is not going to change the heart. More money is not going to change the situation. What men and women need today is Jesus Christ. Because he is only able to make a man walk straight. Hallelujah. Jesus said men and women are born sinful. That's why Jesus Christ turned around and said to Nicodemus, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again, because your first birth, have you born, been born into sin? You've been crippled from birth. That's why you need a new birth, said Jesus. Do not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. So this new church not only had had a new devotion, but this new church had a new power. Do you know that power in your life? Are you born again? Do you know that money is not going to change your life? Silver or gold is not going to change your life, but knowing Jesus will. And my final point at the close of this message, a witness. 
a witness. Finally, this man had, he got healed. We read that he had uh, a witness. Um, so he jumped to his feet, began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. What a change. This man didn't get up and say, oh man, i got new legs. Let me go down to the nearest pub and have a drink. Man, i got new legs. You know, I'm dying to put a bet on that horse last week. I know I can win. Let me get down to the betting office. When this man had a new leg, he went one place and one place only. He went into the place of prayer. Walking and jumping and praising God. His life was changed. I tell you now, when Jesus touches your life, he changes your life. You're no longer the same woman. No longer the same man. And because he changes your life, people recognize the change. Look what we read in our, in our Bible reading. They turn around, look what they say. They recognize him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This man had been changed by the power of God. Listen, when God gets a hold of your life, my dear friend, listen to me as I close my message. When he gets a hold of your life, there will be such a change in you. When you know and realize that the power of God has caused you to be born again, to be a new man, a new creation in Christ. You won't be like that kid who shot his mother in the face because he wanted what he wanted. That sinful nature coming out and spreading itself like a poison in the lives of other people. You won't be like him. Why not? Because you're born again. You was like him. Yes, all of us were like him. But now, because of Christ's power and grace in our lives, we have been changed. You have a new nature. You used to be devoted to different things. Some of you used to be devoted to books. Maybe you've been devoted to pornography. But now you need to be devoted to a new book. Now you need to be devoted to the word of God. Some of you used to be devoted to your mates. Oh, my mates. You know, some of the young people always say, we never grasp up on our mates. My mates are my family. But I'm telling you, their mates will drop them as soon as the going gets tough. Some people are devoted to their mates. But now, because God has changed you, you're devoted. You're devoted to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because you see Jesus in them. You're devoted. Some people were devoted to wine and beer and fast foods. But now you look forward to the, when the day when the bread is broken in communion. I'd rather be there than in the fast food joint. I'd rather be there than in the wine and the beer flowing. I'd rather be there with the champagne and alcohol. No, no, no. I want to be there when there's grapefruit juice in a small cup. Because it reminds me of the blood of Jesus Christ. Some of you used to be devoted to work. And devoted to sleep. In your bed like a chain. Can't get you out. But when you, Christ gets a hold of you, your devotion changes. And now you become devoted to prayer. Because you know that communion with God 
seeking his face. That is where real power dwells. You need to be devoted. Not to this church. Not to me. Not to anyone else. Because you've got a nice friend. No, you need to be devoted to Christ and Christ alone. Oh, my dear friends, there is a washing coming. God is pouring out his spirit on his people. Maybe we've been, and I'm sure we have, been on a mud run throughout this week. We turn on one program and there's, oh, I can't watch that. Turn on another program, oh, there's more filth. Let me turn that one off. You open the newspaper. No, there's more filth. Let me close the paper. Everywhere you turn, there's filth, filth, filth. We seem to be on a mud run all week. But there is a shower in the presence of God that will wash every stain, cleanse us deeply, rebuke the enemy, and make our hearts draw closer to the one who loved us and gave himself. Let's pray. Oh God. Oh God, we're so sorry because our society doesn't let up, doesn't give us a break. Everywhere we go, Lord, every place we turn, there's filth and corruption everywhere. Even in our government, Lord, we, we hear things that are ungodly, Lord. And, and we, every program that we want to watch to sit and relax with our family, all we see is filth and sin, Lord. It's everywhere. We seem to be constantly surrounded by mud and dirt. Help us, oh God. Help us, we pray. We need the spirit of the living God to empower us to refresh us, to revitalize us, to make us the men and the women that you want us to be. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fill us with great strength and with great power that Jesus will be seen in us. Oh God, we pray. Thank you. Thank you for just being here. Thank you for our church. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We've turned off the radios. We've turned off the TVs. We've turned off the newspapers. And we turned on the voice of the living God. Oh, speak and continually speak into our lives. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.